and thank you for tuning in. Welcome to a new episode of the Passion for Technology podcast by EBB Electronic. Welcome to the Passion for Technology podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about white band gap semiconductors based on either silicon carbide, abbreviated as SIC, or gallium nitride, also referred to as GAN. In particular, we'll be focusing on how to reduce system costs when utilizing SIC and GAN. There's an ever-growing demand for energy efficiency driven by industrial applications, regenerative energy, and the increased adoption of e-mobility. GAN and SIC-based semiconductors offer the potential for increased efficiency and power density. At the same time, they're more expensive than conventional silicon-based semiconductors. That makes it all the more important to have a closer look at how and where SIC and GAN can help drive overall system costs down and bring their respective benefits to bear. For that purpose, I'd like to welcome our guests, Peter Friedrichs, Vice President SIC at Infineon, and Axel Schmidt, Senior Technical Marketing Manager at Kemet. I'm your host, Mustafa Isik. Welcome, Peter. Welcome, Axel. It's great to have you on the show. Before we dive deep into SIC and GAN-based components, could you please explain what the general class of wideband gap semiconductors are? How are they different from regular silicon-based semiconductors? Peter. White band cap stands for a physical property which describes the difference to silicon from a material point of view. So I think many people know that every every semiconductor chip or nearly every semiconductor chip you can get today is based on silicon. There are a few exceptions in the optoelectronics where also other materials are used, but traditional everything what you find in your computers for memory-based chips, etc., White band cap materials like silicon carbide and gallium nitride mean that we are going to replace this base material for a semiconductor chip with this different material offering different physical properties. And in case of white band cap materials, this is in particular a very high robustness compared to high voltages uh, compared to silicon again. And this enables to design highly efficient semiconductor switching devices which in power semiconductor applications then uh, enable very low losses, uh, very compact solutions, uh, smaller systems. So a couple of revolutionary steps can be uh, accomplished by using wide band cap compared to the rather evolutionary improvements uh, you can generate with silicon. So highly increased energy efficiency seems to be among the most important characteristics of SIC and GAN semiconductors, as you described. To what degree does this offset the higher initial cost of white band gap materials, though, Peter? That's a very important aspect when bringing those components to the market. So we have to convince our customers that uh, despite the higher cost for the component, which is factors higher than silicon in some cases, uh, we can create enough savings at the higher level system in the end. And based on my experience, so we, we have seen always three ways how to generate it. The most successful way today is that due to the different operating modes, which are enabled by band gap components, namely higher switching frequencies, other parts in the system, especially passive components, can be reduced in size and weight and therefore become cheaper. Plus the fact that we hire, uh, we have a higher efficiency, which also reduces the effort for heat sinks. So all in all, in other parts of the system, we save and we get then some more money for spending it for the semiconductors. And best case, in the end, there's still a benefit left. So that's a 
Uh, most successful way today, a second pass is then rather in the energy savings, which is then, let's say, on the cost of ownership level. Meaning if you implement uh, a wide bandgate-based system, for instance, in a train or or in an, in an uninterruptible power supply, so systems which permanently consume energy. And uh, if you then enable a loss reduction in on the semiconductor side by about 50%, so you can easily calculate uh, after which point in time you can compensate by your energy savings for the higher initial costs uh, of the semiconductors. And believe me, in most of the cases, you can do it today within one or, uh, or one and a half year already. Yeah, and the third point where we can create high enough uh, system benefit, which justifies higher cost, is really that we enable something completely new. Things which have not been possible with silicon before, where designers were dreaming about, uh, but were limited uh, with the performance uh, coming along with traditional semiconductors. And now, uh, with the new semiconductors, those things can happen, uh, like directly integrated inverters on motors, as one example, which was never possible with silicon. In terms of enabling properties, other desirable and improved properties that SIC and GAN-based components either directly offer or enable, I'd love to hear what you think, Axel. I think this uh, overall application size and weight is one of the most important things or the most benefit for the customers in my mind. And this comes based on the fact that with this wideband semiconductor, uh, higher switching frequencies are now possible. And aligned with that is that the request for the capacitance values and inductor values are much lower. And that leads to smaller components. As well as um, we have a new technology that's traditionally not really in that area, uh, that's ceramic chips. Uh, ceramic chips are, you know, pretty small compared to film capacitors, for example. So really compare something that is in a matchbox size with something that is, you know, barely see with your eyes. So if you have an 0603 or 805, that's two millimeter by one millimeter component at the end of the day. So that's uh, switching frequency gives you one big benefit. And the other is the higher temperature that also opens the, the door for the ceramic chips in that case. How about overall system sizes and weights? What types of applications are enabled by shrinking or making things lighter? I think the most popular one probably is the cell phone chargers, where you can really reduce um, by 30, 50% the size of your charger. And, you know, as I'm as a frequent traveler in normal times, of course, uh, I really take care about my weight of my luggage. And a cell phone charger is something that you need on every travel. So that's uh, one of the basic things that's really important on that case. Other things could be, um, you know, if you look on a little bit wider range, like Uh, how to ship the goods. So you can ship more goods in, in one container, for example, that give you a cost benefit as well as uh, uh, the storage costs that you have in, in your warehouse. So there's a lot of, you know, further along the line to the customer benefits that comes from, you know, smaller uh, sizes and less weight on the, on the application. So we've talked about a number of key benefits three of them being increased energy efficiency, reduced size, lighter weight in components and systems. These I'd consider obvious benefits of SIC and GAN when it comes to directly measurable properties. And you've also touched up on, Axel, on secondary aspects. I mean, there's always also total cost of ownership to be considered, and then there is service life considerations to be made. What do you think about those parts, Peter? 
yeah, I will try to share with you a few examples where we can really uh, also create added value in those um, segments. Um, one is, again, an indirect benefit uh, enabled by the significant reduction of losses. Um, so in many traditional systems today, for cooling purposes, you need uh, what we call a fan. So many of you might know it also from laptops or from computers. There's always a small fan uh, ventilating and cooling uh, the uh, semiconductor elements inside. And with the lower losses coming along with wide band gap semiconductors in many solutions, you can eliminate this fan. And it's a matter of fact, those fans are uh, extremely maintenance intensive, and especially in systems which need to run uh, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, like server farms, etc. So each eliminated fan, which is creating maintenance efforts, is a big win for the owner. So that's, that's one uh, aspect generated by, uh, in the service world by, by wide band gap. At the component level itself, so Axel already mentioned uh, a certain high temperature capability. This is a feature which is uh, today for several reasons not, let's say, uh, fully rolled out as an added value. But where we can take benefit already today is the fact that under certain stress levels, certain, let's say, bugs in the system, sparks or whatever might happen in an electronic system. So... Uh, those components, due to their high temperature capability for a short period of time, can become extremely hot without losing their semiconductor properties. So they are still functional after such a short-term stress event. This also gives some, let's say, added uh, value to the user because uh, under unexpected operation modes, uh, we expect that white band gap semiconductors, due to the high temperature capability, can survive more stress compared to silicon. Moving from materials through components over to real-world applications, and both of you, Axel and Peter, both of you have touched up on, on those with chargers, as an example, or fanless designs. What else would you say are tangible benefits for consumers? How do end users, in the end, might benefit from the utilization of SIC and GAN-based semiconductors, Peter? That's not an easy topic because uh, benefits generated by power electronics usually are invisible. They are not so much uh, prominent to uh, normal users like we are in our uh, civil life, I would say. Uh, but I try to, to give you some examples uh, where it really uh, is also not only visible, but in uh, one example, for instance, also hearable. Uh, many of you might be familiar with noise generated by power electronic systems, for instance, in trains and trams. So if they accelerate, so you, you hear this electronics uh, vibrating and creating some noise, and uh, especially also the so-called auxiliary power supplies, which uh, serve for the aircon, the light, and all the plugs we have in trains. So, so those guys also, in the past, as long as they were based on silicon, generated noise which is disturbing, especially since this noise is also generated when uh, trains are parked somewhere also in, in rural areas like trams. And this uh, noise can be eliminated when switching to silicon carbide because of higher switching frequencies in the power electronics. So it becomes very quiet. That's a direct impact maybe which people can experience when a wide band gap based uh, component is integrated somewhere. And we also talked a lot about chargers. So if you go to Amazon, you find the very compact chargers already labeled as uh, here is gallium nitride inside. And that's also an, a big 
leapfrog, I would say, from with respect to the power density you can achieve. So the charger, which has been in the past a 5-watt charger, now becomes 15-watt, so three times more power without uh, changing its size. Uh, so that's, that's really something where we directly can see uh, the benefit of a wide bandgap-based component. Axel, do you have other benefits in mind? Yes. You know probably that sustainability is, is talk of the town. And this new technology offers, you know, an efficiency improvement about probably 1%. So 1% doesn't sound that much. So if, if you imagine that there are the 1 billion iPhones out there and every iPhone needs to be charged once a day, so you, you multiply this 1% efficiency with 1 billion, that is a significant, you know, contribution to make the Earth a little bit greener. And in addition to that, the same technology allows, you know, to improve or to save cost in Google data centers. Um, there was a talk on APEC in 2019, which explains that if 1% energy efficiency increasing would lead to save eight to nine nuclear power plants worldwide. So I do understand economies of scale, but then again... 1% is still 1%. Is there any other perspective you could shed on this, Peter? Yeah, you're right. 1% always sounds a very small number. But if we look a bit deeper in the today's systems, which typically already run at a pretty high efficiency, so namely power supplies, which run today at 98%, now you gain 1% in efficiency. So that means that you reduce the losses in your system by a factor of two. That's really the uh, amazing step forward because reduction of losses means you have to spend less cooling efforts. Again, smaller systems, saving of material. So heat sinks usually also uh, need material which uh, don't need to spend anymore. And a loss reduction of 50%, that's where many, many designers look for it. Uh, again, it en enables new design degrees of freedom, new cooling concepts, and that's where the music plays. Uh, so all what we burn today into heat in form of thermal losses, which is still a pain for uh, semiconductors, is then reduced by a factor of two. That's a magic number, even if 1% sounds only very small. But uh, as Axel mentioned, uh, so in order to uh, enable a greener life, uh, all the savings we want to have in the area of CO2. So this is generated here and supported by wideband gap as this feature. Are there any particular industries, certain types of customers that should evaluate SIC and GAN? What do you think, Axel? I think that every customer that works either in high volume or high power application where the energy saving is significant should definitely dive into the SIC technology. That's definitely a go for that. Absolutely. So uh, from our perspective from Infineon side, I would simply add everything from watts to megawatts is of interest also for wide band gaps. So everybody who is responsible to develop a system which transfers electrical energy from one source to another one and who is interested in making this as efficient as possible. And this, whether it's really a small charger with a few watts or whether it's an HVDC system, which transfers gigawatts from the North Shore down to Bavaria. So in all those segments, wide band gap semiconductors can play an essential role, especially in order to meet efficiency targets. Peter, from what I understand, you've been involved with WGP, with wide band gap semiconductors for a while. So would you share your journey through the world of SIC with us? 
Yeah, that's uh, for me a very exciting journey. Uh, I uh, started to work on this material uh, close to 30 years ago, directly after my university time. Uh, I had the pleasure to had a PhD uh, thesis uh, financed by, at that point in time, Siemens, which is a predecessor of the today's company, Infineon. Later, I joined then in exactly 25 years ago, by the way. Tomorrow, I have my 25th anniversary uh, at Infineon. And the company continuing to work on, on silicon carbide. So I experienced basically this technology from the very early steps where nobody really believed that this can become a commercial success until the situation we have right now where white band gap is more or less the topic in, in any uh, discussion about power semiconductors. Having witnessed and maybe even significantly contributed to the development and success of SIC components, where do you think that WGP-based components are going? What does the future hold? I personally expect that the penetration will continue to grow. One learning I have made after enthusiasm in the beginning where people believed that white band gap technologies are able to completely eliminate silicon from the power semiconductor world. So this is something where right now I I would say um, this is nothing what is going to happen in the next maybe 10 to 15 years because also silicon will evolve and improve. But the share of white band gap will grow significantly. So we expect a six times higher growth in the area of white band gap compared to silicon. That also means that, of course, uh, to a certain extent, Silicon will be cannibalized, but I also mentioned uh, applications which were not possible at all before with silicon components. So we also generate more or less additional markets and applications. This has been a very exciting and informative journey into the world of white band gap semiconductors. And I think a feast for anyone passionate about technology. Now, I'd like to know, and I'm sure that also applies to our audience, where does your individual passion for technology come from? Axel, what about you? Coming to uh, my passion, actually to um, electronics, of course, I'm not so deep in the technology itself, but I really like to take advantage of the benefits and, and also be part of the big community, you know, that, that makes the world a little bit, you know, smarter and a little bit more better in terms of household taking care about the energy consumption and or energy waste that, that happens around the world. Peter, where are the origins of your passion for technology? I, I really had the pleasure to uh, work on an exciting material uh, at a point in time when it was difficult to believe it becomes reality for commercial success. And this journey is to see this, that this is growing and that uh, we also surmounted, uh, let's say, the valley of death, so famous uh, part of the success curve is called uh, with big support of our management. So that, that really created my passion for this material and also seeing that uh, people can benefit for that, that it helps us to make life greener, to fulfill CO2 targets, etc. So to be a part of it, that's, that's my passion for this technology. Peter, Axel, thank you very much for your time and the insights that you've shared with us today. Dear listeners, if you want to know more about SIC and GAN, visit ebv.com slash GAN SIC. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast, Passion for Technology, on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other usual suspects among podcasting platforms. Thank you very much. 